0: Welcome to another episode of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. I'm Gib Gerard. Uh, still in quarantine, I have a very special guest for you today, Dr. Mark McLaughlin. He is a neurosurgeon, and he is going to talk to us about something called cognitive dominance and how to control your brain and and use this time that we're all in quarantine and we're all terrified in order to flex your mental muscles to figure out what's important in your life. And we we, we go through it all. So I, I, I was excited to bring this to you. This was a special interview that I've done since the since the outbreak occurred. So it'll be relevant to what's going on with COVID nineteen. Um, it, uh, again, very excited to bring this to you. First, though, before we talk to Dr. Mark McLaughlin, quick word from our sponsors, Rocket Mortgage.
1: Rocket Mortgage from Quicken Loans. Home today is so much more than it was yesterday, but at Rocket Mortgage, home is still all about you. During these challenging times, the top priority at Rocket Mortgage is the health and safety of the communities they serve. And one thing that will never change is their team's commitment to giving you the best mortgage experience possible. That's why, if you need mortgage support, their team of experts is there to answer questions and offer solutions. They understand that hardships happen, and they are here to help. Whether that means working with you to save money on your mortgage or finding a new way to navigate payments. If you have questions, the team at Rocket Mortgage has answers. They know how important your home is to you because you're important to them. If you need mortgage assistance, the home loan experts at Rocket Mortgage are available to help 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. From their home to yours, the team at Rocket Mortgage is with you. Visit rocketmortgage.com slash to learn more. Call for cost information and conditions, equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states, NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030.
0: Once again, want to thank Rocket Mortgage from Quicken Loans for for helping us bring this to you. Here is Dr. Mark McLaughlin talking to you about cognitive dominance. Dr. Mark McLaughlin, thank you. Actual doctor, you know, we have a lot of PhDs on here, but it's important to remember, you're the kind of doctor uh, that if you're on an airplane and somebody says, is there a doctor here, you raise your hand. You know, it's not... uh, this is not uh, well. I, you know, I, I did a, I did a thesis on on medieval crossbow uh, design. You, you, you're you're that kind of doctor. You're a brain surgeon, and your book that we're going to be talking about today, Cognitive Dominance: A Brain Surgeon's Quest to Outthink Veer, uh, is all about applying the principles you learned as a doctor to uh, to our our own lives because most of us are not brain surgeons.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for being with so obviously. Like we scheduled. Uh, we were talking before we started that we scheduled this interview at a time when uh when this was just a, an ethereal concept like oh yeah I should probably find a way to manage the fear in my life but now boy do we have a test kitchen for this recipe huh with all of us yes. being with all of us being terrified of of what tomorrow will bring what announcement will come out of out of Washington or out of the out of our state capitals uh so I guess I guess first and foremost I mean take me through take me through what your method is for managing fear and how we we can apply it to to this. But what, what, how does, how do we, how do we manage our, our fear? How do we, how do we have the cognitive dominance over our fear?
2: Sure. Well, you know, cognitive dominance is defined as enhanced
0: situational awareness
2: that facilitates rapid and accurate decision-making under stressful conditions with limited decision-making time. Mm -hmm. And when I first heard that, when I was teaching up at West Point as a lecturer, and sports psychology, as a guest lecturer, it, it, I heard that word, it was a military term, and I thought, wow, I, how do I get more of that? And, and what gets in the way of that? Because that's not just military, and that's not just neurosurgery, that's being a parent, right. that's being a business owner, that's making life and death, de- life and death decisions every day that we, we right. all have to make. So what because it, what I did because was, fear
0: fear really is a mental killer. You know, we, we, we fear makes you make bad rash decisions. It, it's 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 not good. And obviously, it's it's particularly important for uh, members of the military and for brain surgeons to when you guys have fear to be able to dominate it, because that's I mean, otherwise it'll it'll kill your ability to think critically.
2: That's right. We can't banish it. We need just the right amount. Because like a spice, if you put too much of it in the recipe, it interferes with doing the right thing. It interferes with, with our functioning uh, effectively. So we need to pay attention to what, what causes it and what our response to it is. Because typically, the stimulus of fear is an unexpected event. And we have yeah. the mother of all unexpected events right now with this coronavirus. It's truly a black swan. Right. And our response to that is fear. But the problem is, Fear, the response, is not the solution. It's only the alarm bell. Mm-hmm. So we can't go running around trying to turn off the alarm. we got to go find the fire and put it out. Oh, wow. So that's how we need to figure out how to control it.
0: And so, okay, so I, I hear what you're saying. So obviously, I mean, fear is baked into us for a myriad of reasons. We call it fight, flight, fight, flight, or freeze in some instances. So we have this we have this need for fear, like you're saying. It is, It is baked into us from an evolutionary perspective. Uh, how do you, how do you, in the moment you get that spike of cortisol, uh, and I find fear to be incredibly disorienting. How do you take a step back? What is the first step to taking a step back and kind of understanding our fear?
2: Well, I think it's defining it. And and so a lot of people will say to me, well, I don't have fear. I mean, I, I'm, I'm anxious or I'm uneasy sometimes, but that's a form of fear. So mm-hmm. really understanding that being uneasy, being apprehensive, being tentative, those are all milder forms of fear. So if we can really put a handle on exactly what we're feeling and understand whether this is an anticipated event or it's an actual event, that's really the first step. Mm. Then you need to break it down. What are the objective and what are the subjective components of this? So when I say that, when I say what are the objective components, what are the things we can all agree on? What are the facts about this sort of thing? Mm -hmm. So if we were talking about the virus, it's, it's highly contagious. Mm-hmm. It affects some people very, very severely and others minimally. It can be hiddenly transmitted. Those are things that we know, okay? And then what are the subjective values of this? Well, obviously, if you're an immunocompromised person over 65, it's going to be subjectively a lot more scary to you than somebody who's young and healthy and and has no uh, no no risk factors to having the complications. So that's the first step. And then the second step is really deciding: is this a tool that I can use to somehow improve myself or improve? St- what good can we get out of this? What's the tool side of this? We know what the obstacle side is. And then lastly, how much do we know and how much do we don't know about it? Those are the three steps to really breaking down fear so that we can metabolize it
0: better. Okay, so so you want first is to figure out what the what the objective notes are, right?
2: exactly all right and yes.
0: th- and and then and then you want to figure out like what what kind of information what additional information you can get to to inf- further inform the objective notion and 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 suppress the subjective and then finally what is well, the where is the advantage is that is that, am I paraphrasing that correctly or am I missing something?
2: essentially the that those steps it's important to know that subjectively every piece of information, can be differently meaningful to different people based right, on their perspectives. Right, 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 I mean, we're seeing, we're even seeing that like some states are not responding to this in the way that we would think are appropriate. Their their, their subjective perception of this is really um is, is, uh, an Achilles heel and it's gonna come back to, to haunt them if they're mm-hmm. not careful. So it's very important us to know what what do we all agree on, and then what are the subjective values? And then once we start breaking that down, the fear level, that anxiety. Drops that cortisol bump drops a little bit, and we can move into a more functional zone where we can actually solve problems better and more effectively.
0: Mm. Okay, so I I think that 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 first step can actually be—I know this is going to sound—but that that can be the hardest, right? Because when you when when we have that before there's that there's you have that critical period where you get that initial spike spike of fear, but before a, a we'll call it panic sets in, right? And you've got to be able to to separate the the subjective notions in that time. Uh, do, is there a good tool for that? Like do you like journaling, or or do you have like a good a good method for 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 starting to parse that stuff out?
2: I call it my I Rise system, and what it is, it's an acronym. So the I in the I Rise is identify exactly what's going on. So for the coronavirus, it's a black swan. It's an absolute black swan. Then the R in the I Rise is reject. That means train yourself to override the first reaction. Your first reaction is going to be self-preservation. It's going to be hoarding. It's going to be things to try and protect yourself and not thinking about the world and the community and how you can make it better. So then you move into the I in the I-rise, the middle word, inventory. And that is, what's in my toolbox? What What's in your toolbox? How can we sort of figure this out, figure out some kind of a solution? So in that respect, we're talking about how can we double the number of kits we have by diluting them? How can we split ventilators to get more people on ventilators safely? How can we bring um, facilities into action to have hospitals, additional hospital beds? That's the, ident- that's the inventory. Then it's the S in the IRISE, and that's stabilize. Buy some time. Any time we possibly can buy will help us figure this out better and get a vaccine going quicker. So stabilize is really to, to try and figure out that's the social distancing. That's actually trying to decrease the rise of mm. this. And then lastly, the E in IRISE is evaluate. Let's think laterally. How can we solve this problem in ways we never thought of before? Some sort of novel, novel approach to getting this out. Like you know, some sort of new antibody vaccine, some sort of new technique that's gonna beat this thing. And that's the steps. I rise. Identify, reject, inventory, stabilize, and evaluate.
0: Yeah. Uh, thanks, thanks for going back through that again because I was like, ah, <laughs> um, okay. So, so, so we, you know, you, you're saying, you, for some of us though, we're we're kind of past the initial. Okay, this is a black swan, and so for for people, I guess, right now, there's a lot of people going, okay. So, what is the future of my of my? Well, I, I guess first, kind of what the what the government is doing right now is you kind of say, okay i got to stay alive what is the number one thing i can do to stay alive and not kill all of the people that i know by transmitting this virus if i'm if i'm reasonably healthy and then exactly. the and then the question becomes though what what is this going to mean for my livelihood am i going to be able to am i going to be able to stay in my home am i going to be able, like what what how am i going to be able to afford food for the next 2 months um and i think for a lot of people that that that, that panic is is hard so doing that inventory right now uh can seem a little daunting and 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 panic uh, inducing. Do you have any tips for when that in- initial inventory looks a lot worse than we than we could have fathomed for how to, to ri- i rise above it?
2: I think the the one thing we need to really focus on is what are our macro goals in life? What mm. are the greatest goals that we we hold dearest to us? And that's what we need to revert to so we're we're all continuing with micro goals like we got to get the bills paid we got to get the groceries we got to wear the mask you know we got to make sure we're social distancing those are micro goals but what are the macro goals and those you know those are very personal to everybody for me my macro goal is i'm a doctor i it's the only thing i've ever wanted to be in my life so no matter what happens i'm going to do everything that i possibly can to uh to fight this and if i get sick fighting it then so be it then that's my lot in life but that's what i chose to do for others it's maybe it's family you know let's let's focus on the number one thing you hold dearest and make sure that that is something you're going to use this to get yourself closer to your family so whatever it is if it's your business um, you need to focus on cutting expenses and making sure that you, you know, treat your employees well and get them through and be a good leader. So it really depends on, on what your macro goals are. That'll calm you.
0: Mm. Mm. I mean, I think for, for some people too, this is a great opportunity to take an inventory of your life and figure out what your macro goals are. I think that's, that's something that a lot of us, uh, and we've spent a lot of time on our show talking about, uh, over the years is. Is how to take stock. We've had uh, we've had Michael Hyatt on the show. We've had a couple of different life coaches, and and part of their 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 deal is helping you figure out what your big goals are and breaking them down into smaller steps. And and this is uh, this is a great opportunity to figure out what those big goals are. And and boy, what a I know I said I said test Kitchenory, but what a what a what a laboratory to to work those macro goals out against against a very quick, uh, litmus test, you know, I mean, it's terrifying, but, but you can use that as a positive, not to get to the E too quickly of I rise, but you can use this as a positive to, to evaluate your macro goals. Would you agree?
2: Of course, this event has dislocated everybody's micro goals. And so I think everybody is really asking like, what is the meaning of this in my life? And when I move forward, what, what is it going to be like? And what do I want it to look like? So I think, Uh, It's it's terrible that it's it's this this disease is wreaking Mm -hmm. havoc on on people and it's killing lives. And uh, it's 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 terrible. We've got to find a way to minimize it and also use it as a tool to to live a fuller and happier and, and more vivid life in the future.
0: You're a you're a neurosurgeon. Are you being called in to work on the on the virus right now?
2: I have not been called in to work on the virus. I've been still called in on emergencies, but I have volunteered to help because what's happening now is our our internal medicine doctors and our nurses are just getting, they're just getting deluged and they need a break. So um, I have to uh, parse it out because I'm still uh, need to be available for emergencies. But um, I put my name in the hat and I'm sure they're going to be leaning on other doctors and other specialties to be helping out down the road.
0: Yeah, I've heard that's the next wave is to get like you know I've I friends who are GI docs and nephrologists and all of a sudden they're starting to get called to help out with with you know treating treatments and ICUs and stuff like that because you know the the amount of ICU intensivists is, is are, are being burned out right now and 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 the need for for additional doctors is is palpable. Um. So yeah So uh, keep us posted on 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 how you're doing with with, with that kind of thing. Um, do you find that These exceptional times are. um, Do 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 you find that you learn a lot more about yourself during exceptional times like this? I'll I'll start with that sort of softball.
2: Yeah, I I mean I follow the Nietzsche quote. You know, anyone can endure a what as long as you have a why. Oh, that's good. And and my why is you know this is this is my calling. This is what I've chosen to do, and this is my time to to you know really in, in, in some ways be my finest hour. And I think that that is, it is medicine's finest hour right now. And we'll continue to, you know, to soldier through this and, and help people get better as best as we
0: can. Hmm. What is the, um, when you say, you know, I, I I know that we have iRise and we have, we have this, the, the three-step process of subjectively evaluating it and then, and then finding that, getting to that E level. I'm just, I, I, I know that I have a tendency to run the worst case scenarios in my head often. And, and I would love to have my why be front of mind all the time. Um, but do you have any suggestions for, for how to keep that why front of mind? Because um, panic and worst case scenarios I know are setting in for a lot of people right now.
2: I literally carry a card with me that has my most important goals on it. And, and I keep it with me every day. I learned that from a, a colleague of mine, and um, I I think it's really important to look at these things. Uh, and these this card has both my my routines that I do every day, hmm. and it has my macro goals. That I, it's a little business card, and um, it actually was it was initiated first by a guy named Milt Campbell, who was one of the greatest uh, Olympic athletes uh, many years ago, a decathlon winner, and I think he won in Helsinki in the 50s. And um, he always used to ask people a question, do you have your goals? Yes. Do you have goal, your goals written down? A lot of people say no. And then his last question was, do you carry your goals with you? And when I learned that, I thought, oh my gosh, I have to do this. And it's really helped me focus on what's important. And the, the act of writing it out and seeing it with your own eyes and your own handwriting is calming. It truly is.
0: Are these printed or do you have, I mean, or did you have it, do you write it down in longhand?
2: I write it down in pencil. And every month I erase, you know, my short-term goals and write them uh, again. And on the other side, I have my long-term goals.
0: Um, and this is just a three by five card or, or you said it's a business card size. It's just a blank business card that you write this out on.
2: It's a business card. I'll, I'll send you one. You can, you can put you? it out there.
0: Yeah, I want, yes, I want, absolutely. I want to see these things because I, I love this notion. You know, I, uh, um, I, 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 we, I believe strongly in the idea that handwriting stuff in particular, it engages so much more of your brain. I mean, you're the neurosurgeon. I don't want to tell you this, but like, the idea is that when, when you physically write something, you are getting your cerebellum for your fine motor skills. You are coming up with the ideas. So you're engaging your, your prefrontal cortex. But you're also engaging um, your your language center in order to put it into words. So more of your brain is active, and when more and again, correct me if I'm wrong here. Because uh, of the two of us, I am the least educated of of, of <laughs> the neurological sciences. But the more of your brain is engaged, the the more your uh, the the better your memory, and the more you're um, able to the, the more you're able to process that information, and the more likely you are to follow through with whatever idea or memorize whatever thing you're, you're putting. in. Is that correct, or have I been just you spouting? Are-
2: you're 100% correct and I'm a huge believer in that as well. In fact, for my youth wrestlers when they when they uh graduate, I give them a I give them their a stationery with their name on it mm. and I write them a note and I say there is something special about writing a note and giving your words in your hand to somebody else's hand that goes to their brain. And that's an important thing that will set you apart from everybody. Uh, Many many people on earth if you can write a personalized note, and it's the same thing with writing out goals It's the same thing with learning. Um when I read a book I I I Devour it I I write I take notes on the side I end up when I finish it I write a side sheet about the book and if I don't do that I just don't remember what I what I read Mm. So I have to do it and it is neurological It does land in your brain in a stronger pattern a stronger track that's going to be reproducible
0: how do you get um, I mean I I so sold, I'm so glad that you backed that up because I would have felt really terrible if you were like there is absolutely no scientific evidence or anecdotal evidence to support that as I as I say it all the time. I believe strongly in, in the power of handwriting. Like I, I am no Luddite, but I have um, I have just packs. I always have at least three extra ones ready to go and and shelves full of um moleskin notebooks, like the little flexible ones, and then I always have a physical planner. Um, and for me, the act of writing down the tasks for the day with a physical planner and even taking my digital schedule and translating it into a physical thing makes a huge difference in my ability to process information, manage my schedule and manage my goals for the day. Uh, it just does. And again, I, I, that, I don't know if that's you're saying it's not psycho, psychosomatic for me personally, so I'm glad. But I uh, uh, yeah, I would have been I would have really sad if it's found out that that was nonsense. Uh, so, so how do you get to that place where, um, for, I'm, I'm thinking in particular people that are feeling lost right now, where you, where you can manage everything into something that will fit on a business card, because a lot of people have goals that are swimming around. Like what is the first step to start to get to that, to start to filter out the, the nonsense and the noise into that? Why?
2: One of my wrestling moms gave me a great quote, which I carry with me and it's gentle pressure applied relentlessly. I definitely did not start out like this. I did it over a long period of time. I was a very slow reader. Um, I would, My retention was good, but it was slow. And just over time and gentle, gentle pressure, I continue to get better. So I, I would start probably with somebody who who doesn't have a lot of you know um, uh, good habits in this area. I would start with maybe just writing a, a, a journal during this time period. We've got extra time. And just literally jot a few notes down. It doesn't even have to be sentences, it could be words. What you feel, what you experience today, you know, sunny day, um, you know, feeling down or news is worse, whatever. Getting it down, getting it out on a piece of paper will, will help you organize yourself. And then mm. as you as you get go farther along, then you can start taking notes. Like if you watch a podcast. Take some notes on the podcast, put it in a a little notebook that you put a rent three ring binder on and just keep notes. Mm -hmm. And the more you do, the more you'll crave it. It's it'll it'll create a new positive feedback loop for you.
0: Yeah. And then and then once you have that feedback loop of you, you, do you believe that uh, our macro goals become clear? Because just by just by forcing ourselves to put things into words, we'll start to see patterns or is there a method for for divining patterns out of that?
2: I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, some some of that macro goal stuff is your gut. What's the voice in your head telling you you think is the best thing to do? I mean, I'm a big believer in Paulo Coelho's uh, story, The Alchemist, where you know he says that everybody um, everybody knows when they're younger what their calling is, uh, but unfortunately, some of us listen to others, our parents or our other people that, that tell us to go do something else that's more practical or more reasonable. And so we, we tend not to listen to that voice. So I think there is sort of an inner spirit in all of us that if you listen carefully enough, it's going to tell you what the next step is. But I think also the mechanics are important, literally having, you know, building some discipline to ask yourself those questions. And I think there are some really key canonical books that people need to, to, to look at, like, um, Stephen Covey the 7 Habits of Highly Effective People that's one of my favorite books I mm-hmm. read it at least once a year um David Allen's book called I think it's called Getting Organized or David Allen Getting Great book about being a little more organized a couple of those books are are really important uh, the alchemist for me is the, is the, is one of my most favorite
0: and um I I th- I think that's fantastic I I'm a big fan of 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 uh, of that kind of organization, like having a book that I read all the time. So for me, it's Marcus Aurelius's Meditations. Um, I Beautiful. Have that, I, I have that around me. I have like several copies of it and they, I always have one that, uh, close at hand because I, I, I find, for me, it's a guy who is literally the most powerful man in the world and um, uh, at that point, the most powerful man ever. And, you're, and he, knowing where he felt he was falling short and knowing what his priorities are uh, helps really galvanize my own thinking process, so I, I you know, I, I'm a big believer in that in that concept. So I'll put links to the books that you mentioned in the show notes for people that that want to check that stuff out because I, I I think that's that's a fantastic way to start um, getting in the those habits. And and what a great time if you still have work right now, if you are a physician or a or a uh, frontline worker that is that is being called in right now, then then by all means, like use this time to you know enhance your purpose in that way but for the rest of us that have a little bit more time at home or aren't commuting what a great time or or if you are unfortunately in the position where you've been laid off what a great time to to get back in there and and regalvanize your goals through this process. I'm, I'm a, I think that's, I'm a big supporter of this, of this notion. Um, I know that you're it's, it's
2: neurobiologically, it's neurobiologically supported. Our brain grows in strength in proportion to our willingness to take on challenges. Mm-hmm. So you got to do some work to get better. It's, it's, uh, you need to fight entropy of, of the world in order to do that. You need to put some energy in.
0: Mm-hmm. I, and I think, I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You have these daily habits on your card. I believe that doing something daily that daily habits makes a much bigger difference. You, you said, uh, what is it? Uh, gentle pressure over time, relentless, gentle, gentle, pressure. gentle, relentless pressure, gentle
2: pressure applied relentlessly. There it
0: is. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. So this idea that, you know, uh, find that thing that you can do today, whatever it is that your goal may be and, and start to press that button, uh, gently. So, if it's improving your relationship with with somebody, send them a text message or a handwritten letter or an email. If it's a career goal, you know, uh, start reading the first book that you can on that subject and and just start that gentle pressure, I think is uh, is what I'm hearing is the is the big takeaway for for getting started and finding that macro pattern. no? Absolutely. Um, I know your time is valuable and I do want to let you go as I know you have, uh, other interviews to do and you are obviously a physician who is a much more important person right now than, than this. But, uh, the book just to remind everybody is cognitive dominance, which is a military book for fighting this, uh, this invisible, this invisible, uh, or military concept for fighting this, this invisible enemy right now, uh, a brain surgeon's quest to outthink fear. We, we have a lot of reasons to be afraid right now. Um, uh, I, I have, uh, if people want to follow up with you, a you know, link to where to buy that book in the show notes, sorry. Uh, if people want to follow up with you, Dr. McLaughlin, how can they do it?
2: Sure. Um, they can find me on my website, markmclaughlinmd.com. Um I have a cognitive dominance assessment quiz on the website, so you can sort of assess where you're at now. And there are some pointers to uh, help you move along. And of course, the book's available on Amazon. So, um, you know, I, I really hope that... Uh, it helps people in this time of uh, stress and fear,
1: mm-hmm. and I
2: think that uh, it could really be uh, be a helpful read for people who are struggling at this time.
0: I I could not agree more, guys. The if you know, for me, I feel paralyzed by fear. It is one of the worst reactions you can have to it, and it is one of my biggest problems. And um, uh, ha- finding coping mechanisms for getting around that that being paralyzed is. Uh, it's foundational to being able to move forward with your life. So I, I applaud, I, I encourage all of you and to, to read this book and I applaud you, Dr. McLaughlin, for, for addressing this. Finally, and I ask this to everybody, what is one thing we can all start doing today to make our lives a whole lot better?
2: Get up at the same time every day Ooh. and start a routine, whatever it is for you, start a routine. For me, it's meditation, look at my files, and look at my Franklin Planner. If I do that every day, and I don't get it every day, but I get it six out of seven days, I know I'm off to a good start.
0: Okay, I was going to let you go, but I got I to gotta find out. What, what, the Franklin Planner, what is that one and why do you like that?
2: Franklin Planner is a written book. Uh, it's a day planner, so I've never was able to convert over to looking at the phone for my my daily and weekly plans. Right. I still write my write my goals out, my my schedule out, and I need to see it on a weekly basis. So the Franklin Planner was built on Franklin Planner's organizing uh, Ben Franklin's organizing system, and uh, you can find that online too. It's a paper um, day planner yeah. that I've been using for 20 years now.
0: I use a, I use a day planner too. I use, uh, Michael Hyatt was on the show. And so I use the full focus planner. I've also tried a couple of other ones, but, uh, right now I've been using the full focus planner, which is Michael Hyatt's version. And I, I agree wholeheartedly about the, about the paper concept. I think there's, uh, we, we've already talked, we've already addressed that, um, about how great that is and how much of your brain gets, gets engaged when you do that. So I'm big. Yes. Uh, one last, th- I, I keep saying one last thing, but I, I having you here and being able to just pick your brain is uh, pun intended is so important. Uh, how do we ferret out the difference between rational fear and irrational fear when we need that fear and when we don't? Cause I, I feel like, um, I know we touched on a little bit in the, in the concept of COVID-19, like, are you in the high risk group or not? But, um, for a lot of us, you know, fear can also be a stimulant that, that moves us forward. So I, I, Uh, what is a good, what a good litmus test that you use?
2: If you're in a life and death situation, you let fear do exactly what your gut tells you to do immediately, because that is a system that's evolved over many, many years. It's highly attuned to dangers. It can smell danger that smells that you don't even smell in your consciousness. It knows when you're in a dangerous situation, follow your gut. It's a great book called the gift of fear that, uh, that you can read about that. But if you're in a, in a situation where it's not life or death, there's not a tiger in the campground, there's not a fire in your house, there's not an intruder coming in, if it's a cerebral problem, if it's something that's nebulous like this virus, um, you need to think about it. You need to bump that problem up to your higher cortex, your executive function, break it down, think about it rationally, and use the newest system, the newest operating system in your brain to figure out what's best can be done.
0: Uh, the Again, once again, the book, Cognitive Dominance, it'll help you with that with the iRise method uh, is the link to where to buy that in the show notes. Probably got to buy a, uh, a digital copy right now because Amazon is throttling down a lot of the, uh, a lot of the physical book sales so they can send essential items, but uh, absolutely pick that up. Uh, Dr. McLaughlin, thank you so much for your time and uh, hope to have you back at some point. It's my honor. Thank you. That's it for our show today. If you like the show, please rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, makes a big difference. Uh, Also, I want to thank one more time, shout out to our sponsors, Rocket Mortgage and Quicken Loans for making this possible. If you think somebody needs to hear this, please share it with them. If you want to follow up with us, Facebook.com slash John Tisch. We are doing all kinds of extra live broadcasts. During this outbreak, during this quarantine, for people who are stuck at home, we do exercise videos, all kinds of stuff. So check that out. Um, Also, John is on Instagram at John Tesh underscore IFYL, on Twitter at John Tesh. I am Gib Gerard. Find me at facebook.com slash Gib Gerard or at Gib Gerard on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I try to respond to every DM, every message, every mention of the show. Uh, let me know what you guys want to hear, what you guys want to cover, what are the things that are bothering you during this quarantine. And I will cover it because more than anything else, I do this show for you guys. So beyond everything, thank you so much for listening.